This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, we're closing out our final full week of the season on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show in fine fashion, yeah. including the NHL draft tonight. Oh, yeah. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, and Sammy McKee for the next hour. When... Okay, first of all, I woke up and I'm like, uh, someone mentioned the NHL draft, and I'm like, it's not tonight. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's tonight. You're well, busy doing when, stuff. When is, was it always a midweek? No. Thing? No, it was a Friday and then a Saturday you, for the second day. You know what I heard? I heard that the NHL couldn't get enough hotel rooms in Nashville in June. It's like bachelorette parties and stuff in, in Nashville in June. That's why it's, it's a on a Wednesday weekend. night? Yeah, they're like, yeah, we can get weekday hotel rooms. It's a hot, hot time for bachelorette parties and. I mean, le- legitimate, right? Like this, that city is thriving. Like, Wednesday, like That's actually it's always better. a what Friday night. Do? It's a Friday night, and then Saturday, of course, that dreaded like, who cares about the sixth round <laughs> and the seventh round? Everyone's sitting there and nursing a hangover. And then you could see the body language changing on the tables on that second day, yeah. where it's everybody's like staring at their watches. I don't know. Trying to make no, no, they're trying to make the flight. Right, the last flight out. They're angry. How do and they not know they're racing pick? to the airport as soon as the draft's over? But yeah, Maybe strange one. Wednesday night NHL draft. I like it better though because <clears throat> Friday night in June, people got other stuff to do. At least they're you know during the week weekday maybe they'll be home watching TV. Okay, like we said, it's jam packed, including uh, Mike Feuda, of course, former NHL executive, Sportsnet hockey analyst. He's going to be around in the next uh, eighteen minutes. Uh, share a couple of his stories. Over the years, this yes. time of year, and what his thoughts on what could happen tonight. But first, the news of the day. I'm I'm curious to see what you start with here. Uh, David Camp. Yeah, I thought maybe. What, like what's left? Well, there's stuff. There's other. I names. know there's stuff, but we'll get to what we know. All right. We'll get into what we think we know. Right. Moving forward, but David Camp inks a four-year deal, nine point six million dollars, right around where I told you. Months ago, he's going to fall into that 2.5 million AAV yeah. range. He does fall in the 2.5, and then for good measure, I think he gave him back $100,000 for a, <laughs> a goodwill gesture. He did. At 2.4. Yeah. You're, okay, you go first. Your thoughts. So, I like it. You know, like, I, I just feel like for where this team is... You're trying not to take a step backward, and they have a lot of UFAs, a lot of guys who are going to be leaving. David Camp played, if you actually break it down, he played the sixth most among least forwards last year on a 111-point team. He's their top penalty-killing forward. I know he doesn't have a lot of offense, but that's not what everyone does. He wins face-offs. He plays three, you know, third-line center minutes, even though he, he'll do whatever you ask of him. Healthy, uh, like a... A really physically fit guy, prime years. I know it's a bit more than people want to spend, but if he's a UFA, he's three million a year. I like it. A few months ago, I think Sammy McKee uh, would said he'd drive him to the airport. No, 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 no. you didn't like two and a half million, bud. I was, I was, I've never said that about Camp Kerfoot, definitely, but not Camp. You said Camp would be okay at two point five. You said it was too much money for him. Did you not? Maybe. 
I, man, we talk about this team every day for two hours. <laughs> okay. I, I've said a lot of things. All right, fair I, enough. I, I made well, it. Don't I accountable that. to the no, past. No, I won't. Okay, if you can't remember, maybe I misremembered. It, it, that, that doesn't bother me. I could have said it. Where, where no are problem. you? Where are you on a four-year deal at two point four million? I think, I think both sides probably have a pretty good argument in terms of it being a little bit too much money. But I think him also being a pretty valuable guy to the Leafs. Like you think about what he does for them. He takes so many of their key draws. They lean on him big time defensively to play against the other team's top players a lot of nights. He, I mean, how many minutes does he average on the penalty kill every, you know, like people say you could go out and find a guy like that cheaper on the, uh, could you show me the name? Right. Like I, I, I think know, it's, it's the, a little the, bit rich. When, no when doubt. This guy came from Chicago. Chicago couldn't wait to get rid of him. He couldn't hit the side of a, a barn. Okay. He had barely any goals in Chicago. He was a nothing, a nobody. The Leafs saw something in him, um, and instantly he became a better player in Toronto than he was in Chicago. The theory is, could you do that again? And, and say what you will about Kyle Dubas. Yeah. He had a knack for doing that. For sure he did. So the question is, is, is that knack gone? Because now you're paying a premium price for a guy that, Still doesn't have a reputation to score. But if you have him slotted as your third-line centerman, then, okay, I get it. But your third-line centerman can't score. Right. Yeah. So you don't like it. Well, I don't mind him as a player. But what I do mind is that this is just a way of staying with a, a look you already had that wasn't good enough to win, mm-hmm. and it just got more expensive. That's all. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing that it does. It puts the stamp on Ryan O'Reilly not coming back. He's done now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, that maybe a little bit of extra money that could have gone his way. Yeah, for sure. Like, you're not you're not signing Ryan O'Reilly right. and then having David Camp be your fourth-line centerman at $2.4 million. I've got this, you know. And that, that in itself is a bad message to me that that you, you went out of the, your way to get this proven guy and there wasn't enough time for him at the end of the day. Yeah. And now he's just another guy that you spend a lot of assets on who's going to walk out the door for nothing. Yeah. You know, for me, I really like a particular type of player. I really like your bottom six to have long players who can get in on the forecheck, turn pucks over, can do have some utility outside of just being out there, I guess. Like, I Camp to me does something that makes the life easier of everyone else on the team. He eats a lot of the garbage yeah. for me. He eats a lot of the garbage minutes, good, good players, tough draws, yeah. PK. Good, Someone's re- gonna good do that. regular season player. He's been better in the playoffs, I think, uh, than regular season. He got smoked he by got hit hard, but he, hit, but he, he was, was great. Done. He didn't go away. I think that... You you, you want to win people, a playoff yeah. series with yeah. Kampf as your third-line centerman? I think you can do it. I don't, I don't well, think... You, you think you could do it, but they haven't done it. No, they certainly haven't. I mean, it. If that's the argument you're talking about, the then then get rid of everyone. No mm. one's done it, oh, so just get, get rid of Marner. They haven't done it. You know, it's like you got to okay, keep players okay. who think you're good. Hey, get rid of them. Get, get rid of Matthew. Yeah, start yeah. over. Okay, do it. Do I, it. You got to keep some players. You know, the ones you like. <laughs> you can't get rid of the whole team. You can't really get rid of everyone. Don't bring them all back. That's, what we're that's what they're at. doing right now. 
They're bringing them all back. There's a ton of openings. This team is going to look different in some way. Is it? <laughs> I hope. Yes. Okay. I hope it's a drastically right. different way, but I don't know what yet. I just feel like for uh, there's a lot of people I see in my mentions being like, you want to have that spot filled up by someone coming up uh, through your minors, developing, making league minimum. I agree. That'd be great. Who is that? And Pontus can do what David Camp can do because if you do, you're out of your mind. Yeah, I, I. It it looked like Pontus was on his way to finding some type of role that went sour. Yeah, the depth out of the Marlies has not helped the Toronto Maple Leafs the no. last two years. It's, it's a problem now. It's a huge problem, and maybe that's just. Scratching the surface of why you had to go and give camp. And really, the the four years bothers me. I would have liked that on a two-year deal yeah. or even a three-year deal max. Yeah. But four just kind of breeds yarn crock. I, I will say, I don't love having two guys locked up for four years who don't get angry or don't, you know, they're not passionate. They're not playoff players. That's all. Yarncroc was really frustrating. So um, there, Elliot was on the show ahead of us there and mentioned that you know, the Leafs may be looking to add someone heavier like Ryan Reeves or someone like to that effect. Well, which would be um, so unlike the Leafs the last few years. I was like, are they allowed to do that? Are they allowed to have a big heavy <laughs> I don't know. guy like that? I don't know. And I don't know. I'd be nervous about a guy like that who just loves – Sucking the oxygen out of a dressing room with, you know, he's he loves his attention. He loves his. He's in the media a lot. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I don't know if that's necessarily a a good thing for this this team this particular time. It'd be a welcome change from everyone else in Leafs who hates the media. I'd enjoy that. Okay, can I <laughs> can I ask you which one of these free agent centers that the Leafs could have replaced Camp with? Jonathan Ace. Jonathan Taves. So I, just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a wild card, R- right? Ryan O'Reilly. Okay. Patrice yeah, Bergeron, probably yeah, going to retire. 2.4. Alex Kalorn. Right, those are different numbers. Alex Kalorn. Yeah, he's going to get six years somewhere. Alex Kerfoot. Mm. Yeah. Com- JT Comfer. Lars Eller. Paul Byron. Yeah. Puis Suter. Craig Smith. You could have talked me into Oscar Suter Oscar Sunkist. Or, or, or find the next David Camp at a... Smaller price. Okay, then I like I'm just looking down the list of names here. It's not exactly a murderer's row of guys who are gonna go out and find. But nobody dude. says that you have to replace them with those type of players, Sammy. Well, you, but yeah, but you need that's I what mean, a scouting department's you need, for. You need butchers on a hockey you need butchers on a hockey team. That's where like, I give Kyle Dubas a lot of credit. Uh, you know, for, for for whatever reason, he was able to find undervalued guys in a bottom six role. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I think you need to pay guys I to got, play hockey. That, I, and it's not like an egregious cap-killing number, and you yeah. need them to play a lot. I got to tell you, I, I got in trouble once when I was with the Marlies. Um, you know, Lou Lamorello gives a speech all the time about how a team is an orchestra, and you need a percussionist, and you need a tuba player, and not everyone <laughs> gets to play the guitar or whatever. And I was trying to film it, and I was like fresh out of media, and I wanted to record it because I wanted to show my buddies and they saw me trying to record. Oh! Mode. It wasn't good. It wasn't great. That's against the law in some places. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> recording people without their permission. That's right. I just wanted to, I had it down. I just wanted the audio because Lou gives this speech all the time. And there's just one person who's like, you probably shouldn't do that. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, but it's, the, the point I'm making is it's, it's a great, it's a fair argument for a hockey team, right? Like someone has to play a different instrument and the Leafs have so many guys who play the same instrument to well, me. So now Brad Living has done the impossible. He's made... Nick Kiprios long for Kyle Dubas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle was so good there. at finding those guys, Kyle. There, you got to give, give credit where credit's due. Oh, sure. What are, you know, those five goals from Zach Aston Reese this year were amazing. Like, I'll have you know it was 10. Oh, <laughs> I almost swore. Well, there's a longer list than uh, that. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah. Michael Bunting, who I hated watching every minute of his Leafs career. Andre great. Kasha was a wonderful Yeah, league. cheap yeah. talent yeah, that overachieved where they were coming from. Yeah. I am. Trilliving has truly done the impossible. It's not sign. It's not sign. It's not sign Austin Matthews and Willie Nealand. All right. Um, in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, uh, your confidence for uh, Austin Matthews signing? Yeah, I'm at like a 9 out of 10 confident he's going to sign. Same. I, I really don't even think about it, if I'm being honest. Not only is he signing, but now the vibe is that he doesn't want to get uh, a super high number, that he what? wants to leave money on the table. No. What, where are you seeing that? Frank Cervelli. He did? I didn't see that. Is that true? Go, how, go how do I look miss at that? Frank's... Uh, how did I miss that? Twitter. How did you miss that? It's not like I produce a hockey show or anything. Um, right? Well, listen, and we've talked about it enough times that it's probably the smart thing for him to do in terms of reputation, future money, winning, all the things that, you know, will lead to him having a better life. Extra few mil on your 100, 105 to 120 doesn't really change which car he's going to buy, but it certainly changes how people are going to look at him. Okay. Did you find it, Sammy? No, I'm searching tirelessly here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> tirelessly? I think yeah. he was on the show. I think he was actually set on Sportsnet 590. Okay. I'd, I'll keep looking here, boys. Come on, Sammy. <laughs> but so what's your point? Let's say Sammy finds right now and yeah. Frank has said that, okay, well, he's going to take less. Yeah, just my point is, is, I don't know, could you have thought of that five years ago? <laughs> Is, you think that's a good point? Yes, I do. I wonder how differently things would have looked, you know, if you could go back in time and make that happen. Is it a little late? Well, better late than never. You'd rather him, you know, do, still, do it right than... He's still going to be the highest paid player in NHL history, which, you know, great that you had a career year at 60 and you won an MVP, but do you even deserve that? Okay, here's what we have. Okay. This is from Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis, the wonderful show that follows our show. All right. Says that Austin Matthews wants to allow, allow enough money on the Leafs cap to build a team that has a chance to win. His next contract is not about setting a record. It's not about getting four times 15 million. He wants to win and needs to find a spot that pays him appropriately and gives the Leafs room to go out and make moves. Okay. I, I can't believe Rewind. We... Could he have not done that five years ago? Well, I don't know. He can't make that decision today, and he can make the right decision today, which this seems to be. That's great news. That would be wonderful. And I wonder if Willie Nylander Camp is hearing that going, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure he is. I mean, what, I wonder what Willie Nylander is thinking seeing Timo Meyer get paid 8 million times, what was it 8.8 8 times 8 he got today? Like, what does that make Willie feel like? Probably pretty good because he's a hell of a lot better hockey player than Timo Meyer is. Yeah, I don't think, uh, uh, of, of course the Leafs are going to remind Nylander of this recent signing mm-hmm. by Meyer and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think it's going to be real hard for Willie, and I'll just say this, to ask for more than nine now, given the numbers given to Meyer and Dubois. Dubois but, in the eights but and Willie Meyer's in the eights. objectively bo- better than both of those guys. I don't know about that. I think Pierre-Luc so. Dubois, when he's playing well, is a force. And Meyer, well, he scored 40 himself, didn't he? Yeah, I... I mean, if you had the choice, if you gave me the choice, I'd probably. I'm, I'm taking Willie too, but not by. Guys. Panarin or Nylander? Who do you want? I want Nylander. Johnny Gaudreau or Nylander? Who do you want? Still want. Yeah, I get your point. It's close. It's not Nylander or Meyer or Nylander and Pierre Luc Dubois, who's on his fourth team or whatever he's on, <laughs> can't stay on a team. Yeah, those are relevant contracts to him, Kip. Those are young players who score goals who are in their mid-20s that just signed comparable deals with comparable histories. I don't histories. compare Pierre-Luc Dubois' goals to Nylander's goals. I don't even know what Dubois' high would be, 35 or something, but yeah, okay. So if you want to you know, make that case that he's not in that... I think he's going to have uh, a decision to make in the next few days, if not a week or or what. And I don't, I don't suggest that... Uh, you can't start the season with Nylander, even though he's going into his final year of his contract. Yep. Uh, but it's going to be tough to... God, PLD stats are nowhere near as Willie's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he scored 20, yeah. 20, 20, 20, 28. Yeah. Sorry, I had to make you <laughs> Never that higher up. than 63 points. Right? Sorry. <gasps> and what did Nylander end up with, 90? Uh, lots. Yeah, lots. Yeah. So Nylander has an argument to be up around... Pasternak and Panarin and Johnny Gaudreau numbers and Jonathan Huberto numbers, buddy. That's 10. That's 10. Now, does he does he want to give a million dollars back to the Leafs or a million and a half because he loves Toronto so much? That's always on the on the uh, a possibility. Mm-hmm. Doesn't strike me as that guy, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Um, yeah, uh, you know, what would you like to see him come in at here for the Leafs? You know, for me, if he signs somewhere between nine and nine and a half, you know, on an eight-year deal, here's my thing with Willie is I don't want to give him an eight-year deal. I, I would love to give Willie five years. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the Leafs would it. have a tough decision if they had to uh, uh, look at a bottom end Willie Nylander saying I won't sign for anything less than nine yeah I just feel like Willie is 27 or whatever he is he's got another year deal if you tack an eight-year deal onto that nine years past now you're talking about what's age 36 Willie Nylander's compete level like <laughs> you know like uh, I, I don't I, know I don't disagree yeah so I'd sure. love to give him five years and I know the cap is tight right now and Got to bump it up a little bit to give him a shorter term. Maybe you do, but it doesn't help you now. And if you don't win now, you're probably fired. So you do it. But again, this just, you know, we are talking about, again, if you 
go to Kempf, which we talked about at the top of the show, into bringing back Matthews and Nylander. Mm-hmm. We're just talking same about team. the same, same team coming back. Yeah. It's a problem. I am on record as I want them to change something significantly. Yeah. I would like them to trade a core member. Whether that be Tavares, whether that be Willie, whether that be Mitch. I, I want that to happen for them. Well, if it is, then then maybe Nylander is going to make that decision for you mm-hmm. by saying that I, I want 10 or 10 and a half million on an eight-year deal. Yeah, it's probably as simple as if his agent comes in and said, Willie wants 10 and a half, and you go, okay, I'll start calling around the league. See what we can, see what we can find for a partner for you. You know? That's just too much for the Leafs, particularly if Matthews is under 13 or something. And we know that uh, the cap is going up $1 million next year. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not going up this year. Camp just ate it up. (laughs) And one next year. You actually only paid camp $1.5 million, $1.4 million. So they're behind the eight ball. Yeah. Doesn't look like Luke Shen's even in the mix right now to return. Really? They're, I'm okay with that. See, you give Camp 2.4, but you can't give Luke Shen 2. 2, 2, 2, 3, 2, 4. You can't. You'd rather them see them go well, that it, route? Listen, if if I'd rather have given $2.4 million to to Luke Shen for one year. But Luke Shen's going to want three or four years. Yeah. And that I don't agree with. Right. All right. Let's welcome in Mike Feuda. Feuds, we've solved nothing in 21 minutes. <laughs> How are you? And two, and two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but any, I don't think anybody has. But uh, no, I'm doing well. All right. Let's uh, start with you on um, the David Kampf bottom six signing at 2.4 million times four uh it's uh, a number i i saw months ago i'm not sure if the leafs thought that they were going to bring him back as a third or fourth line centerman depending on how ryan o'reilly played out but this all but solidifies that ryan o'reilly won't be back if you're if you're paying this type of money to camp correct it would appear that way and that that truly that's too bad because I think Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, and I know that's somebody that the tree really covets. And obviously I think he was a great fit, a great ad. Uh, and I still hope that that was not dead in the rocks, but I look at it when you look at the term and, you know, camps, he's a good player. I mean, but it's not a, it's not something you lead through drilling, drooling about on a team that, you know, has some areas they've got to fill up. And the, again, I get back to the point that I just don't understand. I know you mentioned, I didn't hear your talk, but like a, a guy like Shanner who, uh, and I talked to him about this because uh, he just loves his time in Toronto, right? And he obviously was a huge, effective pickup. And, you know, we talked a little about what Gio had to do. And it was obvious, like, Gio had about $60 million in the bank when he was able to take a pay cut to come back to his hometown, right? Whereas Schenner's last four deals, I believe, have been anywhere between seven fifty and eight fifty. So to have the kind of effect he had in the playoffs... Uh, you can't blame them for wanting a little bit more. Um, I don't know how far term guys would go out, but certainly his cap hit should be better. But that's where I still, I just didn't understand a signing at the timing of it when the dollars are so critical to restructuring this ro- roster over the next few years, why a commitment was made to Connor Timmins. Uh, I don't know what it was, Borny, or, is Borny here today? I'm here, yeah, pal. 
Timmons won four, wasn't it? 1.1 times two years? I'll check here. Whatever it was, it's it's he was he was he was he was deemed to be the ninth defenseman. Now I don't know, but if you're if right now you're one point one short of being able to bring back Luke Shen on this blue line, mm-hmm. that's the kind of signing that just just didn't make any sense. And no knocking, but at the timing of it, it just didn't have to happen either. I mean, he wasn't in their plans for the playoffs. He didn't play in the playoffs, and you clearly could see that Shenner was making the impact that you wanted at that time. So I just didn't understand the timing of putting any kind of draft, uh, uh, monetary capital towards a player that, that you might need to, but he wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you've got guys that were effective pieces that might have to go elsewhere because that money's not available to use. You know, I, I already see people being like, you know, there's the Dubasites here who loved him, and now Tree Living's here, and they're like, yeah, okay, you know, too much money for David Kampf, well, you know, this sort of one-dimensional player. What would you say are the tendencies of Brad Tree Living as a general manager? What is it he does, you know, that fans can expect to see over his years of trying to build the team? Fearless. Um, yeah. I think, uh, again, I, I just look at sitting on the panel on the – trade that I think it was the last few free agencies and, and talking to him and, and you know, he's working and you know, he's got a, he's got that ability to have, he's almost friends with everybody in the mm. league. Like there's not that small little group that they kind of know that he's just going to get a trade done with them, but it'd be all of a sudden it'd look, it'd look grim. And all of a sudden Markstrom and Tan have her done. And he, and he found a way. Now, I mean, I'm sure I don't even know the draft guy, the cap guy was in Calgary, but I'm sure that Brandon Pridham is just, MVP status right now with all the different concepts and thoughts that are being thrown out and how we, how we can make this work. But I mean, even the, as bad as things were last year that he didn't expect Goudreau really him walking, they gave Goudreau the money he wanted and he turned it down and ends up going to Columbus. Okay. Matthew to at least gave them an opportunity to get some assets and as poorly as some of the assets played this year, that was still pretty remarkable to be able to come across with something for Tuchuk with what he did. And those are the kind of deals that, he really has a good feel for what a team needs and then going out and, and executing uh, and having, obviously there's, you look at this team, they're not loaded with prospects coming up. I mean, you can try and, and that's new for somebody too, because as a JM, you're coming in knowing everything you got in Calgary. And now you got to, you know, familiarize yourself with other than knees, who's really going to help this team in the future with your, and do I have the draft capital uh, or, or depth to make a move and I mean and it's so important guys I mean I looked at that trade yesterday and again obviously I've got a huge affinity for Mark Gennetti and the LA King staff and the job that we did as a group and not only providing you know the effective assets for Dean to make trades to win cups but to ha- even to keep yourself out of a huge rebuild like Blakey's been able to do by the incredible job that they continue to do drafting and there's not room for everybody but I mean you know, when we, we needed to make our push, you know, we we gave up Shannon, uh, Wayne Simmons, Braden Shannon, Wayne Simmons, to get Mike Richards back. So you're getting back something you know exactly, as much as it kills a scout to give up the capital that you're giving up. And then you see yesterday, or the day before, you know, how they come up with the trade that a team's allowed to look at Kapari, Velarde, Iafalo, who are all rare, very quality NHLers. And if Velarde ever breaks out, he's going to make them regret this one because if he's got his head in the right spot, he's capable of scoring 60, 70 points a year. And Dubois comes back in in as the pick. And I was just, I was surprised because down the middle, 
Um, you know, he's bounced around a little bit. They've obviously done their homework on his character, but it also bounces down. Uh, the, uh, who's their who's their second line center now? The kid they got out of Montreal. He's been playing so exceptionally well there that he now drops down a slot. Deneau, yeah. At Deneau, and he's been excellent. So you've got incredible center line depth. Um, the one that surprised me there is again you have capital to make moves, but uh, Sean Dursey is. I love Sean Dursey. I mean, we we included him in the Jake Muzzin trade, but he's very few in the back to that right shot D that can play a power play, probably best suited on a second power play. But he's got that throwback dirt to him. Like he's not quite Radko Gudish, but he sticks you. He gets in every – he's just – he's one of those guys that you kind of covet. So I was pretty surprised that he was moved out. But it's a different look altogether. But when now you look at the Leaf roster, and sort of getting back to Trelleving, he really likes grit, right? And it would surprise me if somewhere out of this – and, I mean, he always had it – uh, big snot was that or in the back. He had Luch up front. You know, he tried to breathe life into Nick Ritchie. He wanted Tanev. You've got guys you want to be hard to play against. And it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the name that I always come up with is if Philadelphia is just continue to sell away, I'd be doing my darndest to figure out how to get Nick Deloriate out of there. Or, um, or even if Ryan Reeves is available, because I still believe over the course of a regular season, with all the skill that the Leafs have up front, they need something to deter them being taken on. And now if you lose Luke Shen, you're getting even softer in that category. And, and you're not going to be able to look at a Mark Giordano or, a, you know, a Jake McCabe to be a guy that's going to police people from taking care of your star players. So I, it'll be interesting down the stretch. But long story short, he'll do anything to make a team better. He's very creative and uh, not afraid to make the big trade, but there's always an element of toughness and grit that goes with his teams. And right now, I think that's part of looking at it. And it's quite early what the Leafs are lacking. We're talking to Mike Feud, a former NHL executive, Sportsnet, uh, Sportsnet hockey analyst. Uh, earlier, we were also discussing uh, Willie Nylander and and where the fit is. And no question with Pierre-Luc Dubois going uh, on a long-term deal at uh, $8.5 million, not to compare him to Pierre-Luc Dubois in any way, but can the Leafs now look at the same type of thing and say, We've got we've got you slotted at this price, and you know this is this is how we make it work. Um, do you see that falling into place, and do you see Willie Nylander accepting that? Well, the last time they did that, he made it home. <laughs> I don't think there's a too many young players. I mean, he obviously says all the right things about wanting to be a Toronto Leaf, and clearly he was a very very valuable piece last year. He was awesome. But you, you look at what Mitchie gets, you look what, the, what um, Matthews will be getting, and I can just see his camp not looking for any type of discounts. And it's unfortunate uh, because he's kind of got him in a place. Like I always thought looking at that situation, if that was if there was one piece out of the core four that you were going to be like, obviously we talked before about my dream thought scenario with John Tavares, but like, obviously he's immovable. Uh, but a guy like Nylander, like from a hockey trade, I, I felt that a Lindholm, like if Lindholm was up against it, um, he gives the lead, and you're not getting O'Reilly. You get a legitimate, legitimate stud second line center who plays hard in the playoffs. He's your typical Swede. You're looking at, and then if if Willie's the piece you have to move out because he's going to expect to get ten million dollars, um, that's right. But if I'm Calgary, I'm terrified because why is Willie going to? Unless you know, like LA is not making any of those moves unless they've got Dubois at eight point five. That's why it took so long to announce the trade. And it's Willie's kind of got them in a spot that. 
nobody's going to trade him unless uh, accept a trade from a player like that unless they know they've got him at a long-term number that he's going to be there and they're not going to get egg on their face because they gave up a huge piece to get a guy that's only going to be there one one year and then go to the UFA market. So it'll be interesting because it's easy to come up with a trade, but it's not easy to say that the place that a player like a Nylander is going to land is going to accept a long-term um, contract situation and sign it so the, the the trade makes sense. So it'll be funny, but I mean, I've heard, I talked to Toffoli yesterday, and and here's a guy that, you know, it made it quite clear he wanted to stay in Calgary, and with everything going on with the changes, I mean, I believe, I, well, I know for a fact, he was offered a very, there was never even a number offered to him. It was just the term that was that they didn't want to go more than two years, and he wasn't coming off his best year of his life prepared to go that short on a deal. Um, on a deal that, uh, you know, where he clearly in a team that needs scoring as much as he's getting a little bit older, he still was their leading scorer last year and, 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 you know, and they have to move on from him. So it'd be really interesting what they do with the remaining RFAs there in a Backstrom situation or in a Lindholm situation. I'm hearing Lindholm has been offered somewhere in the range of 72 million um, to stay in Calgary. So at some point it's going to be almost like that, we're going to drastically, not drastically, but we're definitely going to overpay you to keep you because it's not going to look good on an organization that basically said, had a general manager who was doing a great job and very properly leave. And then they all said, okay, Daryl's just toxic. He's had a horrible year. If we don't get rid of Daryl, we're all going to leave. They get rid of Daryl. And now all the same guys have got, you know, that that was the reason. I found other reasons why they're considering not wanting to stay. So that's a tough one to get out of in a, in a short period of time, but Again, I know Toff's extremely happy that he's gone to a place where he's going to have great offensive guys around him and hopefully he can put up some numbers to get himself a better pay, bigger payday. But when you look back at Calgary, where they're at and not really having incredible amounts of young assets to come up and fill in, you're going to have some tough decisions over the next five days. So what do you think, you know, Brad Tree Living walking into, you know, he knows Calgary's guys. There's Elias Lindholm, who'd be a great player, you know, for a team to get, or Backlund. Like, would he have a relationship with Conroy where he could make a trade for one of those guys? And before you even answer that, they would have to free up cap space for a big guy like that. Do you think it's he'll approach John Tavares and, and gauge his interest in leaving to see if they can free up some sort of space for something bigger? Well, I think because he's fresh, and that's a great point. I think because he's fresh, he's not going to offend anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like worth an ask. By, going, by going in and having that conversation, um, you're not breaking anybody's heart. Any promises made like through the Dubis love and the, you know, unless Shani's made some comment promise to Tavares that that's never going to happen, which I, I don't think that would be the case. But Brad is a straight shooter, and he's, and he's got that compassionate way of talking to a guy. Like, I know for a fact, talking to the Matthews, that it didn't take very long for Austin Matthews to have a real strong, shiny feeling about Trelevin, and I've talked to the... And that's his ability. I mean, even from, like, the, talking to the Bobby Hastings of the world, the first time you meet him, he's a very engaging guy. He's very intelligent. He's got a great sense of humor. I don't... I, uh, there is a bit of a fact, though, that he also has a different thought on certain players in Calgary that doesn't just come across as, like... God, that'd be a great fit because Brad had him in Calgary. There's certain players I know he loves, and obviously Lindholm's one of them, and as is a backland and the guy that the one that I it wouldn't surprise me um, if if there was any way to go about making something work is Tanev because um, he brings an element on the right side of the lease that you know he's a better player than Shen, um, a little bit better player all the way around, and I, although he's not a fighter, he's got that nasty warrior that they kind of lack on the other side and, and, and he's a proven playoff guy, right? I know he's banged up a bit, but you got to 
if you're banged up, it's usually because you play hard. You know, there's a lot of guys that stay healthy because they don't compete. So he's a kind of great ad. And I, again, I just expect, I expect somehow out of when the dust settles here uh, with Brad and whatever changes are made, I don't know whether Kyle's, there's going to be an exodus going to Pittsburgh or the staff or what have you, um, that there's going to be an element of grit added to this. And uh, I, I truly expect Matthews to be signed long-term. Um, I'd be shocked if anything was done with uh, Mitch. Um, and again, it's just that kind of internal uh, internal grading of what do you do. Like if you if Nylander's given you it's ten million dollars or nothing, that's going to be one that's be a hard one to chew on. And you guys probably know more than I. When I, I heard about this Carlson deal, like the cap gymnastics that would have to go on for Carlson to become a Leaf is just amazes me to, to think of uh, how they could pull that off with the cap situation. And clearly. The one factor that everybody knows about is it, it really appears that Jake Muzzin is not going to be playing hockey anymore, and, and that draft capital is going to be available for them in some capacity to use. So it's, it, there's a little bit more than appears on paper, but still the magic that would be required to do something from that ilk. And the one that, guys, you can tell me better, I mean, I like Joseph Wall in the playoffs last year, but I'm a little surprised about the lack of talk around Matt Murray if there's complete faith in bringing him back for another run at it. Well, I've had my comments on the show uh, a while ago, and these guys are looking at me like I got three heads when I said that. He thinks Dubas wanted to extend him. Dubas would have had him back starting next year. (laughs) Well, at least one of two goalies, I can assure you. Well, well, then you got to figure. I mean, if Tristan Jari's out in Pittsburgh, welcome home, Matt. Let's go. There you go. question is, will Brendan... Let Tree Living even talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's letting him sit at the draft table. At least it was a lot more amicable than it appeared. I mean, I don't know what the whole thought process behind it. I mean, and I've been there. I, like, obviously, Trill, that's was killing me tonight to, when the draft's on. And, I mean, I've got my daughter's graduation, so I've got a huge solace somewhere I'm going to be tonight. But the action on the draft in the Calgary, you know, to, to not let Brad sit at the table and then he comes, you know, shooting out like a WWE Hall of Famer out of the car window. <laughs> Think they'll put the a Calgary, spotlight you know. on him when he yeah, walks yeah, to the table? Like, yeah, like Ricky Romero coming out of the bullpen. Here comes Brad Trelloving <laughs> to, the, to the Leaf table because obviously there's ways to communicate, right? And it's not like there's going to be a tap on his phone. So it's such, it's such a, it's just, I don't know, whatever. It's cheesy, but say la vie, it's obviously there was a little bit, tells you there's a little bit more of a, Sore, sore heel, open wound, and, and with tree live, tree leaving. See, I had more of a uh, of a look of uh, major league when Charlie Sheen came out and they wild started thing. blaring, wild, uh, blaring wild thing. What about a little inter well, Sandman, Mariano Rivera, Rivera oh, coming in? You put a little tape on Tree's glasses there for the for the Ricky uh, <laughs> Ricky Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn, full <laughs> so, so wild thing. Um, one more before we let you go. Are, are we going to see some teams? Uh, shuffling the first round, their positioning? I think it's the best time of year for that, Kipper, and I've always thought because people now, they're so... They're, it, all the gray area that's gone in trading a pick at the, at the, at the, trade, de- as, at the trade deadline is, is out of it, right? So now you've got your amateur list in front of you. Um, you've got the exact where these teams are picking instead of picking a team and giving them a great player for their first round pick and they go on a tear and the pick changes 10 spots. You now can sit with your analytics guys and your staff and say, okay, now we've got this piece we want to move. You know, prospects A is available at seven hole or wherever. And 
it just takes all the gray area that's there for you at the trade deadline about not knowing a specific player that you're going to acquire. You know what the draft exactly who's sitting right in front of your nose if you're going to give up capital. And I think there's going to be a lot more moving around that way. Uh, I, some teams have multiple picks. Some teams have to get better players. I mean, it, it, they just need to be better. And I and again, it, it, it's a unique setup, but it, there's there's a lot of fun involved in that portion of it because as you look at it, there's teams that really, really do uh, have the pressure on them to win again next year, and there's holes that are going to require are going to require draft picks to be moved. And again, it's, it's just so much easier to do at the draft when you know exactly what's available and exactly the slot that you're trading for. So I'm sure it'll be quite exciting. All right, Foots. Uh, enjoy it tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Foots. Mike Fuda. Thanks, Forney. Yeah. Some good nuggets in there. Lindholm being offered eight times nine, 72 million. It's interesting. Muzzin not playing yeah, again he, is actually a question uh, I had. He, he can, he, he's, he's in a posi- position like Jonathan Huberto was. And Brad Tree Living. Gotta have him. Brad Tree Living probably overspent on Jonathan Huberto's contract by a million and a half. Like it was crazy yeah. what Brad gave him just to lock him in to get out from uh, that whole Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, was like it was it was nuts. He, Certainly, he, Huberto he had a lot of leverage he, once Kachuk is going to resign in Florida, yeah, and it's like. But there was there's no one on the planet Earth that would ever offer Jonathan Huberto ten point five million. I don't know what you're talking about. He was third in Hart Trophy voting that year before going into that season. He goes, was he to, not? He goes to UFA. He's getting ten million. For sure. Not a chance. He's like You're a not. late 20s, oh, six sorry. foot something guy with 115 you, you, you points. Wanna, what you, do you mean? You, you want to go once, once. Yeah, okay. It okay. happened, though. It once. did not happen. If he once. Went, if he went to UFA after that season, he's hap- no. easily getting $10 You're million. You're nuts. You're nuts. He's a winger. No, you're nuts. He's a winger. <laughs> yeah. Wingers don't get that. He's the Listen, all time. Wingers don't get it. He's the all-time leading scorer in the prestigious are, history you, of the Florida Panthers. Crazy <laughs> that the guy does it once at one, uh, and then and then it gets chopped in half. And then you're in Calgary okay. though, and you're going, okay. Well, also now taxes are through the roof, and it's like, cold here, and we play in a 90 year old building that leaks, and you know you got to pay a little bit God, for some he was of that. Bad last year. It, it was, was bad. a huge overpay, and Lynn Home is now maybe going to tell Craig Conroy the same thing that you want me this badly you're going to have to overpay a little bit here for sure they can't to Fute's point it looks bad when everyone wants to leave you need to keep some of your people and I love Lindholm me too that line with Kachuk Gaudreau and him though but like I, that's not I liked him or, away from that line yeah like I, I like anytime I watch fan. every time I watch Calgary I'm like he, he shoots pops. it in the damn net he pops yeah like is he a nine million dollar player or ten million dollar centerman is he a is he a superstar? Not is he 10. uh no. Is he nine? Is nine yeah. superstar? I don't think Yeah, nine superstar. superstar for me. It should be nine superstar, but yeah. is Barzella But but he's not is in the, Barzella uh a frontline leader but guy? Barzell, Dubois, Meyer, like Eight Lindholm's half, in nine. that camp. Dude, Lindholm gets Selkie trophy votes to go yeah. with it. You know, no. he's he's in that camp. Yeah, I am a fan of him for yeah. sure. I just I mean, $72 million is a lot of money for it him. Is. It is. Oh, is it, is it ever? Uh, we should break. Okay, okay, let's go to break. More after the break. 
How's that? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get back to it. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, we're on the clock here, guys. Okay. What are we going to see tonight at the draft? Where would you, you, Montreal picks fifth. Yeah. Frank also implied that maybe Mitchkov might be an interesting, uh, I, they like him. In our, you know, you can go on, you can find some odds on certain sites, Bet365. I wouldn't be against betting him going in the top five. I don't know what that would pay. I don't know if you're going to get any odds on that. But. That, uh, that to me just would reek of, hey, a year, two years, three years, we'll wait. We have no intention of being good uh, in the near future. So yeah, you're, they're you're... one of the teams that could do that. Like just the division, the Atlantic is so good next year. Montreal, if you're not going to compete, and then you know he's a year away after that. Okay, I guess is he going to be that much better than who you could get at that spot? I don't know. It seems like he has. There once upon a time, right? It was him, Bedard, him, Bedard. You know, maybe a year ago that was the case. In other news, Tampa Bay sends Ross Colton to the Colorado Avalanche in hopes of uh, replacing Landis Cog. I don't know. Look at this move, though, for Colorado. They ship out small Alex Newhook. They get back two picks with 31 and 37. Then they use the just the 37 to bring in Colton who is a cap casualty in Tampa Bay, who is feisty and physical and scores. And I love Colton. That's a great yeah. pickup for me. I, I like him too. I would have liked him in Toronto. Yeah. that's a, I, They wouldn't probably have done it to Toronto, I'm guessing. I don't know. But, boy, I really like that player. The sense is that they moved Colton out to take another run at signing. Um, Kalorn? Kalorn. Thank really? you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just think Kalorn's 33. I like Kalorn, but you're going to have to give him a lot of years because uh, he's maybe, UFA. Maybe, maybe not. He loves it there. Yeah. There's the tax thing. Yeah, yeah he'll sign an eight-year, 850K per <laughs> year contract. Then retire in four years. Yeah, that's what they'll do. They'll just, you know, whatever. They've, they've they get away that with, road before. They get away with murder down he, there. <laughs> yeah, do whatever they just, want. They do whatever they want. You're, you're just ticked off that uh, Kyle didn't think of it uh, earlier. What do you mean? Well, the Leafs would have put a few people on IR earlier. I, the tweet that Sammy and I got an internet fight about today, I was just <laughs> saying that, like, the salary cap, the teams that were affected by it most when it suddenly flattened out right as they sort of needed cap space, the Leafs... Number one. Number one in Sam's mind and a lot of people's mind, it killed Tampa Bay. Like, they right. built a Stanley Cup contender for... They could have been a dynasty beyond the two years, but they had to get rid of... Palat and Johnson and Pierre Joseph and Colton and you know like any number of players here Gord Coleman Goudreau yeah, they, like they, they got murdered yeah. by the salary cap. Oh, 
Poor, Tam- poor Tampa. <laughs> the mistake I said oh. was I said poor Tampa. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And oh my God, Garner, you my heart, yeah. my heart breaks on for them. Kucherov, who oh yeah, my heart know, breaks didn't for play them. a regular season game. Right, the same that you know has happened for it was a Kane oh. in Chicago and Stone in Vegas and everyone does it. The Leafs have done it. You know, like it's the, le- the league started sniffing around when they did it with what was that guy's name that scored no goals? The number twenty Riley something. Oh yeah, Riley Nash. But the they, thing they're, is, they're like, whoa, whoa, but, whoa, but whoa, it's, whoa! It's the in- guy who doesn't do anything. It's intentionally Gary misunderstanding come to the, the point Ford Performance Center that they have amassed Tampa amassed such a wealth of talent that they haven't got to keep because of the cap. You know, not to say that they do everything perfect, but they have really got hosed. Uh, Lucic maybe back in Boston. Mm. No Bergeron, no Krejci, no Hall, no Felino, but Lucic. <laughs> is, is Nick Ritchie unavailable? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I, this is going to come back to haunt me. They mm. could go from the best regular season of all time to missing playoffs. They got the best goaltending performances ever from mm-hmm. both goalies last year. Who I don't still don't believe in. No, still they they may have did Omar he won he won the Vesna right he did yeah I you know they're gonna have to move one of them or something they got to move one goalie move a goalie minus four good forwards like Uh, it doesn't sound like Orlov's gonna resign there really oh really Uh, this is my the rock Toronto that's what I'm trying to do my rock eyebrow I can't could you could the Leafs find a way to. If they don't go down the path of resigning Nylander, would you take a run at Orlov? Well, that's the thing is that if you sign another big ticket, you got to move out a big ticket. So I just, you know, you talked about, oh, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same. Can we just be different? That's a game changer. That would change things. That, that would look different. Changing. Yes. That would look much different. I tweeted about Miles Wood and everyone in New Jersey was like, I guess he's a major crypto bro and just like he's on Twitter spaces doing crypto when he's healthy and- scratched and... A lot of people not big fans of Miles Wood. Like I saw people like, Devil finally Sons. we can get rid of Wood. I'm oh, like, yeah. that's Sons always the test for me. Move on. <laughs> always the test. Yeah. What's he make? He, he's not cheap. No, he's going to be a three and a half or could be four. I don't know what he'll make. He's... Oh, all right. Just like that one hour. Gone. Oh, my God. Come on, guys. Gonzo. Slow it down. Remember when we used we to do two hours? These other deals yeah. instead of still camping it up for two minutes. Easily go another hour. Yes. Yeah, but we won't. I got to Mike Feud, a former NHL executive, does a terrific job, uh, job on Sportsnet. Hey, listen, give us a rating and review if you get a chance. A thumbs up on YouTube. We're back tomorrow. Good news. Have a great night, everybody. Enjoy the draft. <laughs>